Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hello, everybody. We're back uh, for the last day after show of Spring Tour. Of course, obviously, there are a couple more shows coming up this week, but this is the last of the official Goose Headlining Spring Tour. Uh, today, we have Adam with me. Hello, Adam. How are you? Hey, everyone. How's it going? Hey, Ryan. Welcome uh, to Getting Doxed on the Pod. Uh, we're very happy to have you. Uh, you know, the latest, the latest person whose incognito internet personality is now out there for everyone to see. <laughs> There you go. This is what I look like. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank, thank you for coming on today. Excited to talk about last night's show in San Diego with you. Of course, before we get started, before we dive into all the music, uh, a quick word from our sponsor, who is Beekeepers Naturals today. Powered by nature and obsessively tested, Beekeepers <clears throat> uses potent ingredients like propolis, pollen, and royal jelly that steers clear of added chemicals. In a day and age where we want to boost our immune system as much as possible, Beekeepers Naturals has many products from lozenges to gut health supplements to support us and tap into the magic of nature. Personally, I don't leave home without one of their propolis throat sprays, which is especially supportive when singing my heart out at shows. Use code STORMSOUND at checkout for 20% off your order at beekeepersnaturals.com. So it's the day after show. Adam, how are you feeling? Uh, I could use some of that throat spray right about now, but uh, other than that, one. pretty good. I, I <laughs> greatly appreciated the extra couple hours before this one started. There we go. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, my flight landed around three, so I wouldn't have made it for uh, made it for the pod. Uh, but yeah, I'm back home in Toronto now after a crazy couple of weeks. Um, you know, and it, it was a crazy couple of weeks. It was great to see you in Seattle last weekend, of course. That was fun. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy, crazy night. Um, it, but, it was quite a roller coaster. <laughs> yes, uh, but of course we are not here to talk about Seattle. Uh, we are here to talk about San Diego. Uh, so take me through, you know, outdoor venue. Uh, take me through what it was like getting in, what the vibe was like pre-show, what the venue was like. Sure. So um, 
I live about an hour and a half north of San Diego. We drove down early, maybe too early, because we pre-gamed quite a bit at a couple of <laughs> bars and restaurants. And so I didn't see. really take advantage of the VIP early entry. Just sort of showed up, I don't know, 7.30. And I was feeling a little stressed about that. I, I'm kind of a get there, get in line, get your place. Yeah person but me too 100 um, <laughs> my friend and i had a really really good time got a good dinner drank a few things and and sort of showed up ready to go and sort of as i should have guessed it was a clear nothing was going to happen for quite a while um, right but uh grabbed our vip posters um merch line was a, a mess just an absolute mess um we'll talk more about the venue the venue is actually kind of difficult for buying concessions and drinks and stuff but um mm -hmm. It's a cool spot. I've never been there before. Um, it was a little overcast during the day. You getting an echo or? No, no, no. All good. Okay. Um, it was a little overcast during the day. Uh, kind of wound up nice right at showtime. A little chilly, but it's, you know, San Diego's can be a little chilly. Um, but it's a cool venue. It's like carved. You sort of enter at the very top. So everything is below you. Mm -hmm. Um it's pretty steep. I was shocked to find out how big it was. I think it holds like 4,600 people. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels like it's very steep. There's no lawn or anything, but it was, it seemed packed to me. Um, and, uh, which is really cool. Cause it's, it's not the biggest market. Um, well, and it was also the only other places, but it was, it was, it was full. Yeah. Well, and it was also the only show of the entire tour that wasn't sold out. Uh, everything else sold out immediately. Uh, and this was the only one like, you know, bigger venue in a in a market yeah. that isn't yeah as but it, it didn't seem like there was gaps in the crowd like it, it didn't seem mobbed or oversold at all i mean it was seats but um it seemed it seemed full that's good that's good so easy entry um had good seats up front we yeah were, where were you what's that where where were your seats? yeah so we were in the front seated section the way it was set up and i'm sure you saw on the stream but maybe there was a 10 foot pit and then it was seated, everything else was seated behind that. Um, and so we were center, uh, center left. Uh, so we were, we were on the uh, rightmost side of the section center left. Um, Trevor was sort of just in front of us. Nice. Um, so good sight lines to, to Rick and, and Pete. We were um, like eighth row. So really, really good spot. Mm -hmm. um, definitely felt Trevor's base a lot in that place. Right. So, yeah, I was curious how, you know, th this is their first outdoor show really of the year. Uh, you know, they played at Okeechobee and playing in the sand. Uh, yep. Those are both, you know, festivals and obviously different setup. This was their first outdoor goose show of the year. So I was curious how kind of the new sound of the band that they've been developing over the last couple of months in all these indoor venues was going to trans translate to an outdoor setting. So glad yeah. to hear that it's still the year of Big T, even at outdoor shows. Oh, he was, I mean, the entire place was vibrating. Um, and maybe we'll talk about it later, but I would love to understand what happens when all of a sudden there'll be like an errant note. It's obviously not errant, it's purposeful, but there'll just be a single note that just shakes the entire venue. That's, that's the Jeff too. Sample bomb. Is it? Yeah. Like, it, like so he's triggering something. But um, yeah. I mean, it, it like just absolutely shook the entire place. The sound was good. Sometimes if you're too close, you don't get good separation. Um, yeah. I thought Pete was a little hard to make out in the mix. I was having a little trouble hearing him, particularly if he's sort of in the same range as Rick. Um, yeah. But um, I thought it was great. Awesome. Love it. 
Uh, let's dive into the show here. Uh, show gets started with Echo uh, and the Whales. Um, I looked to me like on the stream like they were going to open with the Whales, um, but you know there were some guitar issues with Peter. Um, yeah. He ended up switching to his older pink guitar at one point. Uh, tried a couple of things. I'm not sure if the issue was with the guitar or the amp. Um, but this echo was great, nice and concise version, you know, obviously not 45 minutes. Nope. Uh, you're right, uh, John. Alabama was an outdoor show. That's right. I um, forgot about that also. I, I can't believe I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, thank you for reminding us uh, that they. this is the second outdoor headlining show of the year. You are correct. Um, but so very, very nice echo, great momentum in it, you know, that kind of solid 10 to 12-minute echo that we get in first set sometimes. Uh, you know, just get the get the crowd moving, get the band warmed up. Uh, felt great. And then the whales, uh, obviously because of the guitar difficulties, um, Peter took it on keys, which I think I loved the way it sounded with Peter on keys. Um, and I bet um, this isn't the last time we see that. So, yeah, I thought um, about it. I. I'd echo what you said about echo. I thought sometimes those 12 minute echoes are really great. They packed yeah. a lot into it. It's high energy. Um, it was faster paced. I felt like you just got a lot in 12 minutes. Um, and then whales, man, I, I, I think they really, I'd have to compare to other versions, but it felt live. Like they took a long time getting into it, like a really patient buildup. It had almost a rockabilly vibe to it. Like, and, um, I really dug it. It took a little while to realize there was equipment issues and it was slightly different, but mm -hmm. um, I thought the, that pairing was, was really good. Um, I say though, like it was good to come out of the blocks with high energy because they started really late. Yeah. And like well, almost to the point where people were like really weirded out. It was well, like 840 it, almost. Yeah. So it, it's really weird that also in a venue with an 11 o'clock curfew that the showtime was eight. You know, generally, if there's an 11 curfew, showtime will be 7 or 7.30. Yeah. Give them enough time to, you know, go on 40 minutes late if they want. Totally. And, I mean, I know we talk about them not always being the most punctual. It doesn't usually bother me, but it was a really surprising to go on that late. And we'll yeah. talk about it more later, but time management became a real issue. And and I think it really changed the tone of the the show. But, mm -hmm. um, but let's not go down that rabbit hole yet. Right, right. No, but I, I was going to say, like, even at the Birmingham show, uh, where there was a 10 o'clock curfew, you know, showtime was 6, and they managed the clock, or maybe it was 10.30, but showtime was 6, um, and they got in two full sets and an encore, Yeah. Uh, you know, with, without running up against the early curfew. So I'm really curious the decision behind uh, the showtime last night, you know, whether maybe there's some rule that they can't start until a certain time, mm. but, like, who knows? Yeah. So then, uh, after that, uh, we get uh, Clav tweet shout out uh, from Jeb. I was very excited about that. Uh, you know, Jeb gets it, uh, and then you know, right into an, an appropriate Rockdale, um, which you know, Rockdale loose ends sandwich. Uh, I am very jealous of the fact that you got a loose ends. Uh, I man, it, you know, popping up again so soon too. Yeah, you know, we just it, heard it funny. a couple of weeks ago. I didn't hear it coming at all. And I'd have to go back and really listen to the transition. It was smooth, but like it, happened it very wasn't quickly. hinted at. I didn't feel like there was teases or anything. Um, I thought the Rockdale was maybe the standout of the show for me. Um, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, the first couple songs were good, tight, predictable. I think this was the first song that I kind of lost myself a little. And it was maybe one of the only areas 
of the whole night, they were a little explorative. You know, the, the show is very, the, all the performances were very lin- linear. It didn't feel like there was much of that spacier, patient, you know, longer um, performances that we'd seen on some. And this was maybe um, the one that I felt it the most. Uh, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was terrific. It was the right moment too to finally like get a, get a longer jam in there. Yeah, um, it definitely, you know, I think the comparison has been made a bunch today to the to the L.A. Greek show from last year. It was kind of like a festival show. I would say last night had stronger jams than that show did for sure. Um, but yeah, definitely playing the hits, a shorter show as well. Um, you know, I guess that's where they go in, in, in Southern California. Uh, yeah, you know. it's, I, have, uh, I have some thoughts on that, too. It was uh, a very similar to L.A. Greek. Didn't want to get too sidetracked, but there was three repeat or two exact repeats. And then even just, you want to talk about repeats Saturday night to Saturday night um, had five repeats. Right. Which is, I just happened to skip all the shows in between. So I got two Saturday <laughs> shows of five repeats. Hey, listen, I'll, I'll yeah. take a lead up every single show. Well, so I've, I've either seen one, two or three lead ups, depending on how you count. <laughs> right. Right. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I, I would put it at like two. two well, you know, the, yeah. the, the two from Seattle can count as a half each, maybe. But yeah, I did want to say, I did want to say in this Rockdale jam, you know, you have this. Um, okay. Again, came to play. People keep saying that I write the set list and I get everything I want at shows. They still haven't played this old C. And, you know, I only have one Moby. If Ryan wanted what Ryan got, Ryan would have like 20 Mobies. So. There you go. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of short gaps. Uh, three times here in the chat. Uh, lots of short gaps uh, in songs in the show, you know, cropping up again from the Eugene show. Um, you know, yeah. like Rockdale, The Whales, and Echo uh, were all played. Uh, sorry, Echo was not. Rockdale and The Whales were both uh, played in Eugene the other day, uh, last or earlier in the week. I don't know what day it is. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the average gap count... If you take out Shama, like yeah, the average gap was four, right? So crazy to see, like you know, there was some stuff like you know, Hunger Sight could have figured was going to pop up again. Uh, you know, Dripfield, sure, Creatures, sure, but like you know, seeing Rockdale and Arcadia uh, and the Whales again so soon, like kind of surprising. Yeah, and I thought you know what was left out, and I know we're only three songs in, but what was left out was like Wiss need rosewood like there was a couple of those i was like maybe they're maybe due. they're saving them for new orleans you know yeah they've got no, two, two set shows there yeah it just felt like there was some chances for variety and we kind of get to what they scratched off when we get to the second set but there were some chances for some variety that, that sort of I, I thought missed yeah definitely um and i mean yeah so you know moving on to the end of this first set here we've got lead up and arcadia i mean again lead up is so good every single time uh very very happy anytime this song gets played and then arcadia it, it, this went into the the beautiful beautiful bliss jam uh fans of the buffalo 2019 arcadia or the fairfax 2022 arcadia will recognize this progression uh it's it's awesome it's glorious it's major key it's happy uh it, it's just great and then the ending of arcadia just goes so hard every single time so i was really happy about this version uh not sure if it's going to make my playlist you know it's a very well well uh used motif that they've gone to a, a lot so probably not unique enough to go on the playlist but it's a really good jam yeah i 
I have the same reaction. I don't think it would make a list for me, but um, I thought it was very well executed. It's always a good set closer with the thumping kind of ending. Um, yeah. But it's that bright, blissy, soaring, like just sort of perfect tone. I thought his guitar sounded great. The new guitar, that might oh have been the God. moment yeah. I heard it most. Um, I just thought it sounded fantastic in the mix. Um, I also thought, I mean, we all wait for that moment when Trevor comes in at the end on the peak, but I actually yes. thought they built to it a little bit more patiently than they do sometimes. Sometimes it's just like build, 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 peak, done. And I felt like they were really in that like 60 second space before the peak for a long time. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's so good. Tweezers, Fishes, Arcadia. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, th this, this Arcadia was great. Uh, it's so good every single time. So set break, uh, what was the vibe like? Cause on, on the webcast, it looked like the crowd was a little bit tired. Uh, you know, especially for a Saturday night crowd, like definitely picked up as the show went on, but it seemed at least at the beginning that there wasn't a lot of movement, not a lot of dancing, you know, especially after coming off of the Warfield and some of the other shows where people were like actively jumping up and down everywhere yeah. in the venue. Like that, that also could be, you know, me being back on the couch for the first time in two weeks. Um, but I'm curious to know uh, what yeah. the vibe was like there at separate. I didn't feel that in my section, but also there was a ton of like seasoned fans in there. Um, yeah. There was a ton of people that had not seen the band before. Just people I'd talked to as their first show, a yeah. lot of first shows. And so that could be part of it. Also that the pit was pretty small, which I think also plays into it. And then everyone else is in seats I mean, standing, but in seats. So, so it just felt a little more, controlled um they did police the aisles pretty well um yeah. which is also kind of sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but it kind of tamps down the vibe a little um but uh i didn't feel that i mean you know maybe cali sober crowd but i didn't really i it's funny where i was i felt like everyone was kind of grooving singing uh um, yeah but i did see those comments on the uh on the on the stream Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was curious to know, good to know that, you know, you had a good section where people were, were active, they were getting into it. Uh, yeah. And of course, yes, people are asking about uh, the bathroom report. All we, right, have, we only have a couple more episodes with bathroom reports, you know, as you said yesterday, oh, this is it. After spring we're not going to keep it going, huh? No, this is, this is it. Uh, okay. Neil has voiced his opinion. Uh, <laughs> there will be no more bathroom reports after the, the days between festivals. So I think it's really important to know what you're getting into, but okay. Um, so set break was cool. Um, it was short and I kind of expected it to be short because it was a, it was a pretty good size first set, like 75 minutes. I think you're already yeah. like pretty late. Um, and, um, I got actually, I bumped into Jason from fantasy goose. Um, it was really cool to meet him. Nice. I was sitting a couple people down from Driptic, which was cool to meet him. So I got a chance to mingle and see some people. Um, went to the bathroom. Not a terrible line kind of move, but it's a tiny bathroom. Like for a 4,600 person venue, maybe like, I don't know, eight urinals. It reminds me of the one left of stage at Red Rocks, kind of behind the stage, just kind of like narrow, small, long line. Um, but uh, it was fine. Uh, people got through. It's really hard to buy beer um, or drinks at the show. Um, so I think a lot of people got stuck in the beer line after a short set break. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it, it just felt like the venue w was a little more crowded than they could handle in terms of like beer, merch, some of that stuff. But, right. um, it, but it, it was pretty smooth. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad, tough set break. It was fast. 
That's good. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm glad they at least, you know, with the earlier curfew and with the really late showtime, I'm glad they at least took a really short set break. Yeah. Uh, you know, second set and encore were only about 70 minutes total, but yeah. you know, still nice to, that they, that they, you know, didn't take a 30 minute set break. Yeah. There were secret bathrooms halfway down the venue. Those had shorter lines, but were mm-hmm. even smaller. See, if we had a bathroom report net for next time, now people know that. There you go. So if Goose ever plays at this venue again, you know about the secret bathroom. There you go. Refer to the pod for bathroom recommendations exclusively on venues played in spring 2023. That's where the bathroom report lives. So let's dive into the second set here. Um, you know, starting off with my personal favorite jam of the night, uh, which is this hunger site. <coughs> Ooh. Um, Starting off with this hunger site, uh, th- this went a lot of different places. You know, you had had the Clav tweet in there, uh, you know, great, great funk zones. And then, like, re- just it, this was a great jam. It did a lot in 20 minutes. What, what, what were the vibes like during the hunger site? Yeah, um, everyone enjoyed it. I think it was expected. I think it, for people that hadn't seen the band before, it was still a sing-along song. They knew, they knew that song. Um. I thought it was just a good version. Again, I, I, I think like a lot of this these versions, I'd say, I don't know that it would stand out for me in my memory, but it was it was good and enjoyable. I um, I was really focused on Pete during it. I, I was able to hear him really well on Clav and I could see his feet right under the keyboard and it seemed like he was really active with the wah. And I think it was here, but maybe it was a little later in um, maybe drip fill or something, but he was really, really active with it. Um, which I thought it just had a good sound, um, kind of set up the party vibe, I think for what was kind of coming up next. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, I thought it was good. Well, it was enjoyable. Yes. Uh, just to shout out, uh, HDL tube here. Uh, no, it's not Wook flu. Uh, it is seasonal allergies and I have slept a combined like nine hours in the last two nights. So I'm going to sleep very, very well tonight. Um, I, my, my, the possibility is that I go to bed tonight and then I wake up for the stream on Wednesday. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, after the hunger site, they move into creatures and Shama. Uh, you know, another Shama. I'm, I'm surprised to see it. It's, it's, uh. I, I felt like it's been popping up more lately, but this is only the second one uh, this year. And it was on a pretty sizable gap before that. Uh, but, you know, classic pairing. Lots of great synthesizer work from Peter during the creatures, in addition to the usual vintage vibe stuff. Um, so great stuff happening uh, in this jam. You know, solid. Again, this pairing we've seen a lot. You get that 13-minute creatures and then the Shama. It's always fun. Uh, but, you know, this was something that the crowd loved, right? Yeah, although this is probably where I'm most critical of last night. Um, it was a good creatures to start with. The vibe sounded really good. Um, yep. And I thought like, okay, it's middle of the set, Saturday night, outdoors, California, like young crowd, college, like this is where we're going to open up the set and like, it'll be, it'll be a party for the next 15 minutes. And it didn't really build that high energy creatures. And then it went to Shama, which is fun, but I felt like it was a complete missed opportunity to kind of open up the set right there. Right. Um, It sort of traded like, an inside baseball fun song for like what would have been for a, a relatively like junior crowd for a, I think you could have gone for a ride. And when you look at what they scratched off, it was right in there. You've got fish in the sea that didn't make it AIOU. Um, it just felt like that moment. I know they were time constrained, 
but it felt like in that moment, it just sort of, it went flat, not, not in a bad way, but it went, it stayed flat where I feel like they just missed a huge opportunity to, to open it up. Yeah. They had a very, very ambitious, uh, set list written for, you know, having three hours from showtime to curfew. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were like, what did they have six or seven songs? Well, written they, for well, set they scratched off Dr. Darkness in the first set. And then those other two in the second set, um, makes me feel like they didn't mean to start that late. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm so curious the thought behind the weird showtime last night. Yeah, you know, it's, it's re- really interesting to look at. Uh, but after Shama, uh, we get a nice drip field. Uh, excellent, excellent drip field here last night. Wow, this was, I mean, just the groove of this song and the jam of this song delivers every single time. Uh, you know, great work from Peter on guitar and then piano, uh, great peak. It's just really, really solid drip field. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was the set closer at that point, um, or they were just going to non-core and go really long. But um, I thought it had like a really pretty blissy, uh, bright, I don't know if it's blissy, but like just a really like fun, good spot to kind of, you know, end the night with. And then it ends with that really pretty sort of wind down, which, yeah. is, a, which is like a really nice way to go into an encore. Yes, the, the usual drip field ending. Yeah. The wind down. Yes, that's a good, that's a good, uh, it's a good way to describe that as the wind down, uh, kind of the show. And then we get the hot tea encore. Of course, when that, when you're running up against curfew and you've got 10 minutes to play an encore, this is what you're doing. Yeah. It, uh, exactly how they ended the LA Greek show. This time Uh, without Jason (laughs) Hamm. Yeah. But exactly how they ended it. Um, felt a little disappointing. Again, time management, I knew, but like, like, okay, here's the obligatory, like you said, 10-minute tee. They're very good at managing the clock with tee. It's like they know exactly how many laps they can take. Yeah, ex- yeah. How, how long like, Peter Solo can be, how many builds they yeah. can do at the end, yeah. Yeah, they, it seems like they just know, like, it's 45 seconds a lap. We got one more. Like When, you, um, when you've when you done hot tee as an encore pushing up against curfew that many times? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it, you, you, you learn how to... You learn how to work it. <laughs> totally. And that's the end of the show. And that, that's it. So overall final thoughts. Yeah. I had a – so it's funny. I, I think I'm the most critical of this show than any of the other ones I've been to live. Yeah. But I also had a ton of fun. So it's a little bit of that like it – was, it was a great – you said it's like a festival show. It felt that way. It was like a great PG-13 version of goose like right. everything was good everything was well executed minus some hiccups in the set list or times like it was there was nothing wrong with it and people that were there for the first time had a blast and i had a blast i think it was just i was hoping for a little more variety i was hoping for maybe one more extended song yeah um, i feel like, like you should be what we've learned here is that you should be traveling away from southern california I, more to see goose i should I should. And, you know, you know, I had a couple of hiccups this week that kind of changed my tour schedule, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, California gets California goose. It's like a very programmatic right. <laughs> Southern California, Di- Southern California. We should Southern say California San Francisco goose. is a different, yeah. uh, San Francisco is a different thing. So. Yeah. And those were great shows. But, yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens in the fall, uh, when they're back yeah. down there. Oakland uh, Fox is a great venue. I think that could be a little more like a residency feel like, um, I mean, it's only two nights, I know, but it's bigger than the Warfield. It's a cool venue. 
I think that could be really good vibes. Um, so I'll be there for that, and I'll get out of the hot tea encore Southern California thing. You say that now, but there might there's a very good chance that there's a hot tea encore. You know? Well, when you write the set list, try to remember not to put it on there. Yes. <laughs> when I write the set list. Well, that is it for us uh, for proper spring tour uh, of Goose. Thank you so much uh, to everybody who has been following along over the last many, many shows, uh, you know, starting with the cap up until now. It's been an absolute pleasure. Of course, we've got two more shows coming up this week, Tuesday and Wednesday at Days Between New Orleans. Hopefully we get a last minute webcast announcement. Um, but of course, we will be here to recap those shows, uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday and Thursday, um, which is going to be lovely. Um, you know, hopefully, given the fact that it's uh, a, they're two set shows and they're kind of part of Jazz Fest, hopefully the band will treat them less as a festival and more as, uh, you know, good jams. Yeah. You know, a lot, lot of potential here uh, at this festival. You know, maybe we'll see some sit-ins uh, with other artists at the festival. Uh, you know, that, I mean, that lineup is awesome. You got like Neil Francis, Eggy, uh, Melt, like Lawrence, I think also, who opened for them at the mm -hmm. LA Greek last year. So a lot of cool things happening. Uh, so all those going, uh, don't forget to share with us your experience on socials. Uh, Adam, your next show is the Fox in September. Next show before. is Fox. Um, nice. This is my first year missing Jazz Fest in a long time. I'm a little bummed about it, but uh, um, it's not too late. Fox. What's that? It's not too late to get on a plane. It's not too late to get on a plane. Technically, right. it is not too late to get it on is, a plane. It is definitely not too late to get on a plane. And we know they're not going to start on time anyway, so I got some padding. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. And so, yeah, we've got two this week and then a few weeks off. And then they're hitting the festival circuit for most of June. A lot of festival shows. I'm curious to see how they approach him, uh, how they approach those shows. Uh, will we get 15 thatches in 15 shows? Probably, uh, but only time will tell, of course. So we will see everybody right back here at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday afternoon uh, to recap night one of Days Between. Thank you so much to everybody who has tuned in again today. Thank you, Adam, so much for being on. Uh, and thank you, everybody, for dealing with the later start time today. We appreciate having such a great turnout on your Sunday evening. Um, I'm going to go sleep for a very long time, uh, and I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of their day hi this is henry k host of the number one music history podcast rootsland come with me on a journey to kingston jamaica where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends from the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios we are so excited to team up with osiris media the leading storyteller in music because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. 
Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.